0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hi, I'm Paul Holgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Ronick. Hi, this is Travis Sennheim. Hi, I'm Joel Faraby. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. Hey, and you're, you're listening, listening to you. Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yeah! Gentlemen, welcome into Snow the goal of the only flyers podcast, the people's podcast, players podcast, Prognostic podcast, the PLA podcast, the Pampers podcast, every podcast. Listen, we're back. It's been two weeks. Some people were very upset. Some people were not upset. Um, lots of questions. Where's the podcast is it ever coming back? Have you guys broken up? Did Anthony, uh, you know, going at Russ on Twitter during the World Series? Uh, like, do these guys hate each other? Will they never record again? Uh, is Bundy such a you know big bestseller uh, with his book Road to Redemption that uh, he's too big for the podcast now, folks? We're back everything's fine. Bundy is out promoting his book. He's been doing uh, public signings, all kinds of great stuff. Go pick up Road to Redemption. I'm sure we're going to talk about it next week when he's back on the show. Uh, Ant's got it there on the screen. If you're watching on youtube.com slash crossing broad Road to Redemption. Bundy's had a lot of success with it so far. It's available on Amazon straight through the uh, publisher. I saw it's on walmart.com. It's pretty much anywhere that you can get books. Uh, yes, books, they are real. Uh, You can go find them at your
1: local bookstore. You can order it online, have it delivered to your home. It's thick. Three hundred and twenty-one pages. I didn't think Bundy could put that many words together. Three hundred twenty-one pages.
0: Yeah, it's that's that's a lot of pages. Um,
1: And you know what? I I started it yesterday. I I got in the mail yesterday. I started it yesterday. I read maybe the first thirty-five pages. It's pretty good. I mean, it, it moves. It moves pretty well. So. I've been told, told that, that
0: it uh, it's a it's a quick read. I need to get a copy of this book, and I've got to read it. And I want to make sure that I do that before we get Bundy on uh, next week. But anyway, look, we're, we're back. I know that it sucks uh, if you're used to listening to a podcast and it goes away for a little bit. I hate it. I was sitting at my desk ready to go for two weeks. Uh, Bundy's you off having a successful book release. Anthony was off covering the Phillies on the World Series run. That's kind of like a once in a, I don't know, two decades thing, once in a decade opportunity. Can't fault Ant for that. Um you know, could we have been a little bit clearer? Could I put out like a, you know, from the vault episode? I guess conceptually could have. Sure. You know, if, if you're upset with us, hopefully you'll, you know, I don't know, deal with it and everything will be hunky dory. But uh, we're back. We're going to go back to being weekly. Um, barring there being some other kind of, you know, unbelievable run by a Philly team. I don't know. The, the football team's undefeated. If Anthony decides that he's going to big shot us and go cover that. I don't know. then maybe the podcast goes away cover Cover bit. what? Huh? Cover what? What do you mean cover what? Where are they going? Who? The football team. They're going to Super Bowl. <laughs> you know that they're going to the Super Bowl, Aunt. Uh, anyway, we uh, we're we're back, and I'm I have to I have to be honest. I'm very excited to get back to this. Uh, I I know that preseason and, and throughout the offseason, we talked about like where we thought this team would be. It's certainly not seven three and two. Uh, you might have seen over on Twitter uh, on the Snow the goalie account, we put out the video of. Uh, Bundy and Ant with their predictions through the first twenty games. We're obviously going to come back to that once the team gets through twenty games. Once we get into that, you know, Thanksgiving window, um, to see where this is at. Because will the Flyers keep up this unbelievable play? Will Carter Hart be able to kind of play at this like unbelievable Vezina, you know, favorite kind of uh, uh, pace? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Uh, the one thing that we can say is a given about the Flyers is that nothing is a given. So um, I do want to go over the first twelve games predictions um with ant, kind of get his reflections on how things have gone so far this season. And then when Bundy comes back next week, we'll get his as well. Um I would encourage people, if they haven't done so already, to go over to uh Twitter, to twitter.com slash Snow the goalie or find it at snow the goalie on Twitter and go back and listen to the rationale uh from Bundy and from Ant. Flyers are seven, three and two through the first twelve games. And Ant, I, I think we should go game by game here really quick to give people an idea of How close or far away you and Bundy were. Does that sound okay?
1: However you would like to do it, Ross. I'm on board. Okay.
0: So the Flyers obviously won their first game. You and Bundy both had them winning. That's great. Second game of the season, against Vancouver, Flyers won. Both of you had them taking a regulation loss. Third game, at Tampa, Flyers (laughs) won. You and Bundy had them both taking a regulation loss. Fourth game, at Florida, you guys said regulation loss. They did lose in regulation, so there we go. Uh, fifth game of the year at Nashville, they won. You and Bundy both picked an overtime loss. So you were close. I mean, one out of two points, uh, isn't bad. Uh, the next game, uh, was at home against San Jose. You guys both picked a win. They lost. So that's, that's tricky. It's tricky right there. Uh, the back half of the first 12 was uh, perhaps, home per- was perhaps
1: their worst game of the season, by the way.
0: Yes. Uh, back half, uh, home against Florida. You guys both had them taking a regulation loss. They won that game. Uh, Then home against Carolina, you guys had them losing in regulation. They lost in overtime. Uh, The next game was at the Rangers. Bundy had them losing in overtime. You had them losing in a shootout. They lost in overtime, so that was pretty solid. Um, At Toronto, Bundy said they would win in overtime. You said uh, regulation loss. They did lose in regulation. Uh, At Ottawa, Bundy had a regulation loss. You had a win. The Flyers won that game. And then finally, Home against St. Louis. You guys both had them losing in regulation. They won. So to recap that for the fine folks at home, seven three and two is what the Flyers ended up being. Both you and Bundy, despite not listening to each other through the predictions, had them both going three seven and two. So I think it's probably our responsibility now, Ant, um, to go over what has happened over the first twelve games that led to that four result swing that four win swing because going into the season we talked about there were potential injury issues um perhaps a poorly constructed roster all kinds of things Um, but we did give the benefit of the doubt to Tortorella's coaching and to the fact that it could work out well for the team they'd be well conditioned etc at this point 12 games into the season your biggest
1: storyline for this team is what well Carter Hart It has to be. I mean, he's been otherworldly. I mean, when you look at these games and watch them play, they're winning games that they have no business winning. Mm -hmm. They're getting completely out. And I I don't want to make this seem like this is recency because I think in the last couple games they've really played a lot better. The game in Ottawa and and then the game the other night uh, at home uh, against St. Louis. I really felt like both of those games were, were really strong team games played, and obviously the St. Louis game, Hart doesn't play. Um, He was sick, so Felix Sandstrom had to play and got his first NHL win. But prior to those two games, Carter Hart was sensational, has been sensational, and has been the guy winning games for the Flyers. Um, Flyers have struggled to score at times. Um, The Flyers have been outshot badly. And really, when you look at it, they're seven, three, and two. That's points in nine of twelve games, and yet they're only a plus four yeah. in, in goal differential, right? So it tells you every game is close, mm-hmm. right? They're not getting blown out, and they're not blowing anybody out. Yeah, the five-one win over St. Louis was was pretty comfortable, um, you know. But that's that's negated by a three-nothing loss to San Jose, pretty much, right?
0: That they probably I mean, In fairness, I know I know that they've played the fewest games in the conference but they have the second fewest uh, goals for in the Met. Yeah. Which is kind of astounding.
1: Yeah. They've only yeah. scored
0: 33 on the year. To their credit, though, they've only conceded 29, which is, I believe, the fewest in the
1: entire Eastern Conference. Again, well, think, but think played, about that. they played
0: think, 12 games. There are a few teams that played 13 and
1: 14. But think that about like, that a little bit, Russ. It's because, I mean, they've, they've, so they've given up 30. You said they've scored 34 goals in 12 games. Yep. That's less than three a game that they're scoring and beginning of the season is usually when teams score more. If you look around the league, there's a lot of higher scoring games because it's, you know, offense is always ahead of team defense at the beginning of the season. It always takes a few weeks for teams to really kind of get their defensive systems in place. And so there's usually higher scoring games earlier in the year. And if you look around the league, you'll see a lot of seven, six games, a lot of six, five, like weird scores, high scoring games, flyers aren't in those that the flyers are playing good, low scoring games They have to be low scoring games. Otherwise they're not going to win. And the predominance of them have been because the goaltending has been, you know, off the charts. So that, that is automatically the big storyline as to why there's a four, a four game swing between what Bundy and I predicted and what the flyers are actually doing. And that's credit to them. It's credit to Carter Hart for coming into the season, uh, uh, you know, as focused and and playing as, as, you know, as well as he is. Um, But I, you know, I, and, and I got, as, as much as I like the way they played the last two games, I really like the way they played against St. Louis. Um, I, I still question whether what they've done to this point is sustainable long term. Mm-hmm. Can they can they play like they did the last two games over an extended period of time and kind of make it a little bit easier on the goaltending? Maybe. And if they do, well, that's good for them and that'll that'll give them some cushion in case they hit that lull at some point. But if they're gonna play like they did the first 10 games, where they were just kind of being dominated and the goalies were controlling, you know, goalies were dictating outcomes, then I don't think it's sustainable. So, I, you know, like you said at the beginning, we don't know where they're going to be after 20 games. There's still, you know, those next eight, these next eight games before Thanksgiving are going to be a, a, a pretty much a telltale. But there's one thing I'll say to this, Russ. You know, Flyers are catching a little bit of a break here with the schedule, the way it broke out. St. Louis came in; they had lost seven straight. They won the first three games, and then lost seven in a row, and were in to, have been in total free fall. Looked awful against the Flyers, so they, they've now lost eight in a row. They play in Columbus tonight against a Blue Jackets team that's lost six straight games. Okay, their next opponent um, after Columbus is Ottawa on Saturday. I believe Ottawa's lost six in a row. They have a chance to snap that tonight, but then they could be they could be a seven in a row lost team coming in on Saturday. So also, you're, you're playing some teams that maybe you didn't expect them to be playing this poorly this early in the season and that can benefit the flyers. Now Dallas, who I, I tend to think might be the best team in the NHL this year, um, Mm -hmm. uh, that they play them on Sunday. And I think that's a, that's going to be an interesting dichotomy. I'm going to be curious to see how they play the goaltenders this weekend. I think Carter's going to play on Sunday and I think we're going to see Sandstrom on Saturday against Ottawa. Um, that's my guess, but who knows? Um, because again, Ottawa is a more important game because it's a conference game than Dallas, even though Dallas is a much better team. So it really depends on how Tortorella looks at that matchup. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an opportunity for the Flyers to really jump out. ahead. because you know next week you get Columbus again, but then it's Boston who's who's been a beast, but then Montreal who stinks, right? And so I mean, there's some opportunities here for the Flyers to, to sustain this. Going into the week of, you know, Thanksgiving, and, and see where you're at. And if you know, historically, if you're in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving, you're in a playoff spot at the end of the year. I mean, it's crazy to say that, right? It, but historically, it that's the case. It doesn't always work out, but it does more often than not play out play out that way. That if you're in a playoff spot in Thanksgiving, you're going to hold on to it. Yeah. So they're in a they're in a good spot right now, I and mean, they're in a wild card spot. They're not. Top of the division again. They've played fewer games than everybody else, but if they take advantage of these teams that are struggling over the next, you know, five six games, you know, who knows where the fly? They could be in that in that wild card mix. I think the thing that's like the trickiest uh,
0: about this is you go back to preseason of like what did you want this team to be? What did you expect the team to be? And all of this isn't to say that there is no chance that that the team is able to maintain this. There's, there, I mean, there, there is a, a possibility, I guess, that this team just continues to play and punch above its weight class. Carter Hart is playing at such a, an unbelievably high level that it, one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to maintain this and have, I don't know, like the best season in a decade for a goalie, two decades, like it, it's gotta be up there, uh, in terms of like historic numbers, if he keeps up this pace or eventually the, the, the results are just not going to come. I think there's a, there's a scenario here where Carter Hart can continue to play very strong hockey, um, can continue to like put himself out there, um, keep you in games. And then the scoring just kind of evaporates. And I, I, I still have, Legitimate questions about this team's viability in terms of being able to put enough pucks in the back of the net to to pick up wins. But I guess the question now is, um, have we gotten to the point where you just say, hey, um, any hope of getting a top pick needs to go out the window because you've seen so many young players take the next step forward or at least through 12 games look like they're poised to take the next step You've started to see some of the vets that had kind of fallen off in recent years kind of bounce back to their, like, first year of Vino form. Um, do, do we now just say, like, roll with it? You know, go with it? Or do you still kind of have that voice in the back of your head that says, you know, this might be unsustainable. You could be hurting yourself long-term if you end up being, if not a playoff team, one of those purgatory bubble you know, in the mix, but then ultimately out of it kind of teams. Like, where do you fall right now, 12
1: games through the season? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we discussed this. I mean, the one thing that I felt coming into the season was, is I didn't think that they were going to be bad enough to be, you know, unless they got lucky to win the lottery, bad enough to be top three, to get a generational type player. But I also didn't think they were going to be good enough to be a playoff team. Um, they're showing that they're, so far, through 12 games, showing that they're probably a little bit better than that, Assessment. Um, again, so far it's very early. Um, right now, they're, they're, obviously they are a playoff team. They are holding on to the final wild card spot uh, in the Eastern Conference. But if you look what's behind them, right? I mean, do, do you honestly think Tampa Bay is going to continue to be a non-playoff team? I don't. I think Tampa Bay will, will eventually move into the playoffs. Um, is Washington and Pittsburgh? Are they both done? Are they both washed up? I mean, there's been a lot of been a lot of people waiting for that. Fall off the table for both of those teams. I don't think Washington's quite there yet. I think Washington's still got enough talent. Pittsburgh might be. Pittsburgh might have hit that wall. This might yeah. be it for the Penguins. And I also think Ottawa's better than their start has been at four and eight. Um, they're four and eight, but only a minus two. And, and and, and you know, that gold differential thing, you know, Bob and I talk about this in baseball all the time where run differential really is kind of a, an indicator of a team's. Uh, you know, you know how good a team is uh, on on the whole. The goal differential thing in hockey kind of falls the same way. It really follows a very similar mathematical standard. And I, I think that you know, when you look at a team at four and eight, but they're only minus two, it tells you that they're playing good games. That there's something something's just not clicked yet. And for Ottawa, it had been their defense. They had been scoring a lot of goals. Not putting up, uh, not stopping the other team, and then of course they lose the game to the Flyers two to one, right? They they don't score, but but they you know they limit the other team, so they they reversed it there. So they're starting to maybe they're starting to figure something. Out. I think that they'll be better. Um, as far as falling back far enough, I mean, Flyers are already ten points ahead of both Columbus and St. Louis. Um, you know, you start to wonder ten points, that's a lot. I mean, it's concerning. I mean, you just, it's that's a. Six seven game losing streak, and you're right down there with them again, right? But hey, this team has mastered the art of the ten game of the ten losing game losing streak, streak. streak. We know this, so, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, you could get right back down there, but I mean, that's a big spread this early. It's a it's a big spread this early. So when you ask that question, can they fall back down there? Well, they still have time, you know, if they're not going to be a good team to to be that that low. I don't think Twitterella really lets them get there. You know, there's a story that uh, you know I'm, I'm kind of working on. I'm uh, combining from the other night with tonight's game because um, I want to watch it a little bit closer tonight than I did the other night. I, I saw it briefly. I asked Tortorella about it because I wanted to make sure that what I was seeing was valid, and he gave me a great answer. And then I was able to pull Zach McEwen of all people for a one-on-one um, uh, in the locker room uh, after the game um, to kind of talk about it, but. There's a lot, of, a lot of play that's happening that's not being focused on, that nobody's talking about, nobody's writing about, um, but that it's, it's play from the middle group of players, middle to bottom group of players, that they don't get points, they're not getting assists or goals off of it, but it's simple little plays that they're making that is creating the chances to score, and the Flyers took advantage of them. And the, the one that we talked about, you know, it, it was interesting. I was getting ready to ask the question about the fourth goal, um, against St. Louis and say, Well, why the fourth goal? It's the third period, it's three to one. Like how big of a goal is it really? And Twitterella goes, that was a huge goal because we were back on our heels at that point. And the play happens when McEwen is just working his ass off along the wall. I mean, really, just if you go back and watch the play that leads up to it, he just is grinding by himself in the along the wall, keeping the play alive, staying on the puck, whatever, and finally wins it wins it wins it back to his teammates and it gets back to the point and sealer takes the shot um and then it gets deflected in for the goal i believe that was uh was that cates's goal i forget if that was Kate's goal um but anyway the point being that maybe that wasn't Kate's. not wasn't cates that was uh oh hell who who had that goal was that was that uh tippett it doesn't matter you're out here I was you it getting getting it, it might have been tippett's goal uh whatever whoever's goal it was point being that the goal didn't matter. That's the thing. Like I, you don't remember the, who scored the goal because the goal, ultimately, wasn't what made the play. The play was the play McEwen makes along the wall, um, and then again, another simple thing was was the first goal um, where it was just this. It was a set play, but it was a simple pass, a simple little pass between. Um, uh, between Provorov and and whoever it was at the point. It was just a little touch pass back and forth, and then Provorov gets him. It just created space for Provorov to ha- come down the wall and be able to throw the puck in front, um, and Allison bats it in for, for the goal. Um, just a simple little play there. Um, Scott Lawton intercepting a pass and then doing a quick tic-tac-toe, but the interception is the pass of, of that pass. That's what makes the play. The goal is the result. And again, you know, you always know who scored, who scored, who scored? That's all great. That's great stuff and all. But it's the plays that lead into the goals. And the Flyers on, on Tuesday, and I f- feel like they found it a couple times in Ottawa as well, they found that those little plays that they're making, those little successes, those little wins, are leading to chances. And when the chances lead to rewards, as they did against St. Louis, you feel like, okay, then this is – what we're doing is right. And that's when you buy into what the coaches are are telling you. And that's what, you know, I had this conversation with Zach McEwen afterwards and he was saying, yeah, he's like, that's what our, that's what it is. He's like, you, we, we hear what he's saying. He's very direct. He tells us exactly what he wants from us. And then if we go out there and do it and it results in a goal, it's like, okay, yeah, well, he's right. This is how we have to play. And so if the players are buying into that, regardless of their skill level, even if they're not the greatest, you know, skill players, if they still play the right way, you're gonna find ways to win games that way. Even by accident, even if you're not on even if you're not at your best. And so therefore, you know, that's a credit to the coach and it's a credit to the players for for buying into it and playing the right way. They just have to be willing to do that because they're not gonna score a lot otherwise. And if they don't, if they don't stick with it and they get away from their game a little bit, and then all of a sudden a couple pucks end up in the back of the net against them and they have to chase a game. The Flyers are not the kind of a team that can chase a game down. They're just not. Uh, And and so that's why it's important that they stick with this. And I think that that's why Tortorella wants to to mention those things when when he has the opportunity to.
0: It's going to be interesting to see um, if the small plays that they're making – the small hustle plays, the, the playing the game the right way, the, if they're able to maintain that, and if they're going to continue to be totally uh, tuned into what their coach is saying. It seems like, you know, like think back over the last few years, how many times have we come on this show and lamented the fact that the team didn't make the little plays and that the cumulative total of all of those missed opportunities is what leads to pucks in the back of the net or leads to high danger chances? And now it's 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 almost weird in a way. Like, I I don't know. I I find myself watching this team feeling like this isn't the team that we've been used to covering. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have that kind of apathetic look to it. It doesn't have that. Um, I want to say like the the entitled or the kind of coasting or you know banking on their laurels kind of thing where you just have a bunch of guys who look like they. Um, believe that that they were meant to be in the league and that they don't have to bust their ass on every play that their talent is just going to be enough to get them wins and it doesn't feel like that this year it feels like you know I i hate <laughs> using the hashtag right the fueled by Philly thing you know it seemed kind of gimmicky when they rolled it out but like the the team does kind of have that that Philly team feel to it I'm not saying the Broad Street Bullies. I know they've gotten in a lot of fights to this point. There have been some hard hits, but like it, it seems more like a team that Philly can identify with. And you know, is is a lot of that Tortorella? I would think that a good chunk of it is. I, and maybe there's just something that has kind of reignited in some of these guys. You know, the 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 love of the game, the passion. You know being able to you know channel the energy of the crowd that like they had lost for so long maybe all of like the the nonsense that was happening you know behind the scenes maybe some of that going away has all of a sudden uh, allowed these guys to kind of flourish it just feels like they're playing a more locked in game but at the same time a more carefree game and i mean that in a positive way they're they're not overthinking the play they're not getting lost in in the processing of a play they're not afraid to make a mistake and I, I guess part of that really is on Tortorella for telling them throughout camp it's okay to make a mistake it's it's really how you react and how you rebound from that mistake and I don't know maybe maybe that's why we're seeing a resurgence of Travis Konechny and why we're seeing a resurgence of Ivan Provorov maybe I don't know well you know, I'm not put... down, I'm not in the locker room with you with them this yeah. year. I could be. I just, you
1: know. It's all right. Maybe you will maybe be. Maybe four point. on the way. You know, there's only yeah, there's so much time you can spend away Maybe from Maybe you'll sneak down for a couple games. Yeah, you know, just I think kind of so. show your face. You know, Travis Connecting asks for you, Russ. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. No, he, he said, Where's your buddy? Did he? Well, I got in the back of a scrum, right? And yeah. just kind of caught his eye. And I'm like, Oh, Scrum Lurkers is back. He goes, Yeah, where's your buddy? Yeah. And I'm like, Ah, he said, He hasn't been down for a while. He's like, Yeah, I haven't seen him. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a, so right, that was well, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that I've made such an impact as a scrum lurker. That, uh... yeah. <laughs> but listen, he's had he's had a really great start to the year. And like, I don't know. I I feel like um on a on ha- a sim- he ha- like he has.
1: Go ahead. Offensively, there's a butt
0: coming here. Well, there I is. He was benched at butt. one
1: point. Him and Hayes were bent. The, the Tortorella benched them. Yeah. because he didn't like the way they were playing, and and yeah. deservedly so. And it's not, but it's not just been them, Russ. I'm gonna. Th- I, all right. You know I'm not Mister Analytics in hockey. I think analytics in hockey is just way overblown, right? Okay. But but at the same time, I've never think, said that before. Oh come on, um, uh, there are things that you can glean from looking at certain numbers and say, okay, well the, this is at least telling you what is what has happened to this yeah. point. It's not telling you how to how you should manage a game in the moment because the game is too fast for analytics to be ma- to help you manage in the moment. But it can at least give you you know it could give you some information about how your team has played mm-hmm. what do you think the flyers coursey percentage is corsy 4 at even strength this year considering 50-50 is even right yeah 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 hold on okay. um
0: they're shooting a
1: lot uh
0: but they've gotten out possessed a lot let me go 35% that's a little low but
1: 39
0: I was going to say 38. I was going to adjust it, yeah, I swear. 39. I, really, I really was going to adjust to 38. Okay. That's
1: terrible. That's really that's ter- like The worst teams should be around 45, 46, yeah. right? Because you always assume the best teams are going to be at 55, 56. So you say the worst teams should be at 40, you know, 45, 40 And I don't want to talk down 44. to people here. I, I don't. Do well, we want to
0: explain Corsi really quick? So,
1: yeah, Corsi. So, basically, Corsi is um, it's a percentage that's based on the number of shot attempts that are happening uh, for that you get when you're on the ice versus when the other team is, uh, you know, the number of shots the other team's getting when they're on the ice. As an individual, I mean, when you break them down to the individual numbers, I think it's a little bit more helpful because it looks at a, a single player that how many shots the team is generating when that player is on the ice versus yeah. how many shots against. Nevertheless, when you look at it as a team stat, uh, at even strength, the Flyers have generated 459 shots this year against, uh, or 459 shots in favor. They've given up 715. That's insanity. That's just that it's, it's like it's a number that you don't, you can't even fathom. This. So that's why I say it's you know if they continue playing that, like that, there's no way they're going to continue to be successful because the goalie is eventually going to have to. He, he can't just stop everything, right? Yeah. Now, here's, a, here's and, one that I've never been a huge fan of. Well,
0: hold on. Okay, go ahead. Uh, just just for the sake of, like, um, I think adding on to this a little bit, because you're kind of talking about, like, it, it's almost like you're talking a more about, like, Corsi 4, right? Like, where, yeah, where you're yeah. actually weighing. Yeah, Corsi 4 percentage, correct. Yeah, and, like, I, I think everybody who's listening to this knows this. Corsi, Corsi versus, like, shots on goal, a little bit different, right? Because Corsi, they're, they're shot Corsi also takes into account any shot any anywhere. shot It doesn't matter if it goes wide. If Correct. it's blocked, all that versus like if you see Fenwick, Fenwick is Fenwick does not include blocked shots. But so Correct. your difference between like shots and Corsi is that Corsi can just, I mean, anything but, can happen. Corsi, Once it leaves Corsi, your stick, it goes anywhere, it right. counts. Corsi versus Corsi, a shot Corsi on kind, goal.
1: Anyway, Corsi kind of shows, and the, and the reason that that is, and the reason that that is, that it, it shot shots anywhere from anywhere. If they get on goal, if they miss, if they get blocked, whatever doesn't matter. What it's showing is is that the team that's letting unleashing these shots has possession yeah. of the puck in the offensive zone. Yep. So it's, it's basically saying, if you really want to look at it, that means that Flyers opponents have unleashed 715 shots in the offensive zone <laughs> compared to the Flyers unleashing only 459 at even yeah. strength. Obviously, mm-hmm. power play, penalty kill. Whatever they, that that changes things a little bit, right? You don't really you don't really use Corsi when you're talking about odd man situations. You only really want to look at even strength, okay?
0: Which again uh, makes it even crazier that they're running a a, a plus four goal uh, goal differential this year. Right, right. It's well, insane. Well, well, well here's they're another almost, one. They're not not quite getting doubled up,
1: right? Well, but yeah, but damn, it's close. And here's yet a, here's another one for you. Here's another one. Now, now you know you know I'm not a big fan of expected goals. Oh, no. Right. I'm not no. a big fan of it. In the I'm sense getting excited
0: that- to talk about expected goals in the World Cup. So go ahead. Just like, you know, <laughs> what my whistle a little bit. No, so,
1: so expected. So, again, expected goals, again, is a is a um, is an analytics thing where it says based on the quality of the shots that you took in the game uh, from where you took those shots, how many you're expected to have scored within a particular game and how many you are expected have to have given up in a particular game. OK, that's what expected yep. goals for expected goals against. And then if you add them add those numbers all up, you'll have what they should be at the total for the year. Now, you said the Flyers have scored, what, 34 goals and 33. Up, you keep going back to 34. Oh, they've scored 33. They've scored 33. OK, and have yeah. given up 29. Correct. OK, so their expected goals against is 32.8. So it's not a huge difference, but it's, show, it's showing that the goalies are, have been have been really good. Because they've given up fewer goals than they were, than they were expected to give up at that point. Yeah, the Flyers' expected goals for is twenty <laughs> for the year. That's less than two a game. Yeah, not great. <laughs> it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off for him. It's twenty.
0: Yeah, it's not good. That's um,
1: that's remarkable. So that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say to you. Like, it,
0: this this does that mean the Flyers have. Uh more snipers than we expected. 610, one is not, we come? go
1: ahead. No, I mean, it, you know, they're taking advantage of opportunities, is what they're doing. Yeah. They they've been they've been, you know, good at getting pucks through, um, maybe when you didn't expect them to. Um, and sometimes when you're a good defensive team and you play hard that way, uh, the other team tends to lend in a cheapie that they probably should. And so you're kind of creating your own luck. In that situation, right? So good on the flyers for that. But uh, when you look at those possession numbers and you look at the expected goals and you say, you combine the two and you say, how the hell is this team seven, three, and two? It's, there's only one answer, and it's the goalie. Yeah. So that's how I look at it, Russ. I mean, that's, I just, I, you know, I, I think it's exciting. It's great, you know, it, you know that the teams, showing some fight that they're saying that we're not as bad as everybody thought we were going to be. We're not a dumpster fire. Like a lot of people thought we were going to be and good on them for kind of, for kind of turning that tide, you know, turning that, that narrative away from them. That doesn't necessarily mean that this is a good hockey team. It's just a, to me, it's a matter of time before it goes South unless they can figure it, unless they can figure it out. Okay. So that,
0: that I guess brings us to to two things and really quick um, because we were touting a little bit ago, Connect me's rebound season. He leads the team uh, with five goals on the season. He has a team leading 14 points, second most assists on the team. Kevin Hayes, who's been thrust into the 1C role, um, has 10 assists on the year. Uh, Without looking at which two players are tied for the third most assists on the team? You can't look.
1: Tied for third, huh? Tied for third with assists. Close your eyes. Provarov. I, I'm, looking, I know I'm looking. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you right now, Russ. So if you want to put okay. up like fingers, I'll tell you how many fingers you have up and stuff. All right, so we're not lying, okay? I would say <laughs> two fists. Okay, I yeah. would say Provorov is uh, one of them. He is.
0: D'Angelo. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I know. Uh, I know
1: it's not the forwards because there's nobody else scoring up front. Well, and, and it's funny because one of
0: the forwards who I think we could probably agree probably came back too soon. From injury, Joel Farabee uh, is, I guess, what would that be tied for fifth? Or he he would be fifth because there's a tied for third. So okay, fifth on the team assists is Farabee. Um, I I brought up the fact that Kevin Hayes has been kind of thrust into a one C role, um, which is not a place he belongs in. And and if you're a team that's going to have actual playoff aspirations, like that can't be the thing. But um, you know, you you mentioned unless you make a move or unless you you do something, you find goals somewhere like you, like this is not sustainable. There are two players currently, um, who are injured and not, uh, with the team, to my knowledge, one, you would assume is potentially closer to returning and one might not come back at all this year. First, um, Cam Atkinson, he's, he's been gone, um, You know, at one point he went back to Columbus uh, to deal with something. Answers have been few and far between. Um, I don't I don't want to say that this is like uh, the forward equivalent of Ryan Ellis. I don't want to say that. I'm not comparing the two. Just that there doesn't seem to be a lot of clarity on what's going on with Cam Atkinson. Atkinson is a guy that we thought going into the season could be one to have an A on his sweater. Somebody that's played for Tortorella before. You kind of go with that notion of you know the the former player coach dynamic. That's a guy who's a leader on the ice, who's you know kind of implementing the Tort's vision. All that. He's not here, and he arguably is your best or a top three goal scorer ideally for this team uh, in terms of goal scoring ability. He's not playing. And they don't seem to be keen on giving the public much in terms of what's going on. Um, and I now look to you. What's yeah, going I, on with I, I Atkinson? Wish I, had,
1: I wish I had a great answer for you, Russ. I've been getting conflicting information on Atkinson um, between it being a longer-term injury and a shorter-term injury. But how short-term can it be if it's if he's already missed 12 games? Right. I mean, that's, that's a month into the season. So it's a month-long yeah. thing already. Okay, so... Um, he's not skating yet. Um, he's not back with the team. Um, he's there. He was there at the game the other night. So I'm sitting up in the press box. So it's not like he's not around. He's a, he is around. Um, but I, I, I'm not you know, if he's not skating yet. I, I tend to I tend to think that the things that I'm hearing about it being a little bit more long term, longer term are more likely than the shorter term. But I, I can't say that with any certainty because again, I, I have two people who I trust a lot, both giving me something different. And so that's why I haven't reported anything on this, because they've both come through big time for me in the past as sources. And I'm not going to put one at, at you know, make one look bad by riding with that report or versus the other. You know what I'm saying? So I've kinda laid low on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep digging and keep trying to see if I can get a better or more detailed response than I've gotten so far. Um,
0: so just to be clear, you've heard that it could be a short term injury,
1: shorter, shorter be term. Be I a, don't want to say short term because it's already been a month, but or shorter.
0: it could term. be a longer term injury. That is what you've heard.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that
0: is I why know. you pay the money that you pay to <laughs> access know. Anthony's work here. I was, I was actually hoping Holy you podcast, didn't even ask about it. I was hoping
1: you didn't even ask about it because to it was, to read just... on
0: crossingbroad.com behind the paywall. That is why you pay the big bucks. Could be shorter <laughs> I, term. Could be longer term. <laughs> I, who knows? Why, that's why, right. why I didn't
1: want you to ask it because I no, I, don't ha- listen, I don't have fine. it solid. You're like, you know, like, like the Couturier hey. thing. You knew I. You know, I put it out there because I knew I had it right. Listen. I, and and this is the
0: this is the key this is the key thing, and I'm I'm the last last two years especially, when you have put out news about there being an injury and about it being potentially a long term injury, you're batting a thousand. It this is indisputable. Mm-hmm. Sam Moran, you got dragged on Twitter. Sam Moran ain't playing, is he? Sean Couturier. You put out that good chance he misses a significant chunk of the season, maybe is back for the second half of the year, remains to be seen. Sean Couturier gets out on the ice, practices a bit, does some conditioning, either exacerbates the injury, picks up something new, and now he is out for an indefinite period that we expect to be months, which means that he will not play the first half of the season, and he maybe will not play in the second half of the season, so... Just going back over this, and two for two on those. Okay, cool. We, we've established that. So if if people get upset that like why doesn't it know if uh, Atkinson's you know did he is his, is his leg coming off like what's going on it huh does he have COVID that was that long he's got the long Rona. I mean, all right. When it's reportable, you'll put it out. You probably be yeah. right. Cool. I do think it's a shame. I like Atkinson. I think Atkinson is a good guy on and off the ice. He, he could be making a difference for this team if he's able to get healthy. And if this team really is going to head down that, you know, have a playoff spot on Thanksgiving, hang on to it for the rest of the year, then Atkinson's going to be an important player for this team if he can be healthy. Uh, and it certainly would bolster their ability to score. And it all of a sudden kind of allows, what's my favorite thing at The cascading effect. It allows some of these guys to fall back into roles that they're probably better suited for. Could be great. Which gets us to the other guy that you just mentioned, Sean Couturier. Um, any developments on that front? Are we still under the, um, I don't know, the the understanding that maybe it's a spring return or maybe it's no return at all? Like if, uh, if I, you had to put, you know, a percentage on it,
1: what's the percentage he plays for the Flyers this season? I think it will dictate how the team's playing will dictate that. I think if the team's got a legitimate shot at the playoffs, then Couturier is going to try and come back and play. But I think if the team is out of it or, you know, just kind of hang hanging in there at the end, like we're within four points, we're within six points kind of thing, I think that they err on the side of caution, especially since he's had two back surgeries now and especially since they, they, they were told he's not going to be able to rehab this. He got a shot. You know, and he felt better. He got that cortisone injection, and, and it was like, oh yeah, well that'll help. It wasn't going to help more than than it did. Um, Point of and, clarity:
0: the the cortisone shot or being told that like it's not going to be rehabable That was recent. That was the summer. That, that, was, was, at the ti- that was at the time. That was at the
1: no. That was that was during um, that was during camp, like beginning yep. of camp. Um, and there was there was some internal uh discussion about. Well, should he just go get the second surgery um, or, you know, should he try and come back, you know, get the get the shot, try and come back? And he got the shot and he came, You know, pushed hard and and there were there were suggestions that this was not ultimately this was not going to work because once that cortisone wears off, you know, you, you can only get a cortisone injection what twice a year i think for if you're a professional yeah, athlete it's, i think it's it has three
0: degenerative times. effects right well off, no it's off. not
1: only that it's that it's it's also a, a steroid right and, yeah. and, and and so therefore you know you can only get them prescribed x number i think it's twice i think it's twice a year it might be three i'm not 100 percent on that but it's the anyway the point is now. is that Uh-oh. anyway the point is is that even if you so he had a cortisone injection that helped him for three weeks yeah right and then it went bad again and so then what, you know, now what do you do? So then he's going to have to go get the surgery. So the surgery got pushed off three weeks unnecessarily, but he wanted to try. Okay, fine. Um, and so now he have got a second surgery. And they say three to four months that he's going to miss, um, which takes you, you know, probably into the beginning of February, mm-hmm. which at that point, I think if the Flyers are somewhat close, um, he could make it, he could try and ramp it up to get back, you know, say by March 1st. But yeah. if they're not there, if they're not within reach, why risk it? Just take the year off and, and get yourself strong for the summer and try and play next year.
0: Can I get the sucks. flip side of that though? And like, you're, I know that sucks because saying... you would
1: be missing two years in a row pretty much. Yeah.
0: But like, you're, you know, and, and I get it, but you're, you're sitting here saying like, you know, why risk it? based on, you know, a, a shot maybe at a playoff spot or not. And I look at it and I go, Jesus, dude, like, this guy's got a ton, a ton of time left on his deal.
1: Um, You can't well, – I, I don't be, know It wouldn't how be rushing – I don't think it would be rushing him back at this point, Russ. I, I really don't. I think it's a situation where they say you can start to recover from this within that four-month range. And that the question is, do you want to ramp it up to be at playoff level within, you know, that quickly? And can you get there that quickly? It's not to say that he's at risk of re-injuring it a third time, although I guess at any point you play hockey, you would be at risk of re-injuring it a third time, right? So the, the question more is, is can he get to the shape that they need him to be in to be an effective contributor for a playoff push and then ultimately in the playoffs, or if not, then why, then why put, you know, make that push there. Who knows? Maybe you start skating differently. You feel like you're favoring it because you're like, Oh, I feel a little tightness. I'm going to start. And yeah, then you I mean, feel, you're, you know, you pull something in your hip or pull something in a quad or, or something along those lines. You get another injury that you have to deal with. Right. I mean, so you don't, you maybe you don't want to deal with that as well. And, and that's why you say, let's wait. Um, it's a, it's a it's a tough call. Um, but I think at that point you've at least really given you've you've done what had to be what has had to be done. You've taken off the amount of time that needs to be taken off. and then you decide, do I make a big push here, or do I continue to slowly progress and wait for another, basically wait another six months before I can play hockey, seven months before I can play hockey again? That's a tough call. That's a tough call, especially when you've missed as much time as he has.
0: I think if you're a player, it's a tough call. If you're a smart organization, it's not. You know, it, I, I look at it, this is what the first of an eight year, or this is at least including this year, there are eight years on his contract at $7.75 million a year. Yeah. You know, you, you can't allow a play, you know, potential. And I, this all comes back to, you know, is Carter Hart going to play out of his mind? Is the team going to be amazing? Like, you, you can't possibly risk this guy trying to ramp up too fast again uh, or, or trying to get himself back when teams have been playing the full season and when there are only a couple of months left until the playoffs. And, like, everything, like, every point matters. Like, you're going to throw him back into the fire at that point. And there are still seven years left on that deal. Like, I don't want to be the eternal pessimist here. But, like, it's a non-zero chance that after two back surgeries in a year, he comes back too soon, his career is over. We're not talking about, you know, does Sean Couturier take a bad hit or have something go wrong in a game if he pushes himself to come back in March and, like, ah shucks, you know, he tweaked it, he's out for a few months. We could potentially be talking about the end of the career of Sean Couturier, which, honestly, I don't care. That's not the important thing. It's a back I care about the human being. I care about him being able to, you know, be a husband, a dad. He's a dad, right? Like yep. I, I care about like the, the guy's quality of life. I think any Flyers fan, obviously in media and everybody, everybody should care about like the the, the guy, like the the human being, and right. about like not being debilitated, you know? So I look at it and I go, I just don't see a reason. Even if you thought you're in playoff contention, I don't know why you would bring him back, you know? Unless, and I I mean 100%, unless you are without question able to certify that he is totally back. And we both know players lie a lot. They will say and stretch the truth as much as they can to get themselves back on the ice or back on the field, back on the pitch, back on the court. They do it. Anybody who's ever played a sport knows you lie to get yourself back out there because you think it'll help your team. This guy probably feels some kind of guilt for missing the better part of two seasons, and now if you know, but this all comes back to like you know he he might have ended up being the captain if he's healthy. Maybe he gets the C this year, you know. Prior to this all happening, I don't see this guy being wired to say you know what guys I'm I'm only 85 percent, you know. Let's just shut it down. I'll I'll take it slow and I'll come back next year. I don't I don't necessarily think the guy's wired like that. Nor do I know if you know if you're if you're being like that. You know, the flip side is you know there are a lot of old hockey heads who probably say, "Well, you got a guy like that. Uh, you don't want him to be the captain of your team, do you?" Like, I, I just don't. I think you almost need to take it out of his hands. You know, unless you know with without a question of a doubt he is a hundred percent healthy. I don't see the point of bringing him back this year. Well,
1: this no. is this is this is going to be the this is going to be the real test for this new medical team, right? I mean, how much do they real? How are they really? Better than before, right? Than what you had before. They're the uh, ones
0: who oversaw. Just to be clear, they are the ones who oversaw the decision to go with a cortisone shot, right? Rather than they did. recommend surgery right away. Is that correct? That is correct. That is, is correct. That, is that Jimmy McCrossin and Sal Rafa who some people for some reason on Twitter shit on like a few no. weeks ago no, when, no, when the, the complaint got amend- uh, amended? like It's not no. them? It's no. So, so the, the people who are assholes on Facebook and Twitter – who say, well, it's always the same trainers. Everybody gets hurt with these guys. Who gives a shit if they lose their job? Those people. Those people can, first of all, pound sand. Go fuck yourself. But uh, those people who are disgusting, just for clarity for them, let's say it a little bit slower so they can understand. Were those two guys the ones who oversaw this decision? No. No. Okay. I I thought it was important to clarify. For some reason, I get really upset when dumb people... Really just low life scumbags. Say the stuff that they say online. And this is not even to do with the fact that, as we've covered on the show, Jimmy Sal, lawsuit against the Spectacor, the whole thing, cancer, all that. Taking that aside. It's a different medical team who has overseen this. By the way, has also overseen Ryan Ellis's care. Ryan Ellis, who we still don't have answers
1: on. Cam Atkinson, who we don't have answers on. Just want to be clear. Okay
0: back to you
1: what also should be noted in that Russ while, while we're at it and I mean I had it in my latest story but it maybe got missed because it was just it was kind of like a throwaway line um, they also the, the Flyers fired their uh, orthopedic doctor orthopedic surgeon orthopedic care doctor uh, oh. prior to the start of the season um, they didn't make an announcement about it there was no parting of the ways announcement or anything like that it just happened So um, that also plays into it as well, because what just just for clarification, again, in case people did not read my story, athletic trainers are help treat injuries. They don't train players. They don't train the healthy players. They take injured players and help treat it. They don't they're not allowed uh, in the NHL. Um, to, by, by NHL rules, they are not allowed to clear players to come back and play. All they do is treat the players. The clearances comes from the doc, team doctors. The training is the, is the strength and conditioning staff. Okay, so there's, there's got to be a real clear delineation there. So your strength and conditioning staff trains the players on a daily basis the while players. they're healthy, okay? Yeah. All right, once a player is injured, Their treatment is handled by the athletic certified athletic trainers, which is the roles that McCross and and, and Rafa had with the team. And once a player is cleared to come back, that clearance is made by a doctor, by an actual team doctor, not by the trainers. Okay, so there's just for clarification, there that's you know, that's why it's such a big deal to understand who's doing what here because when yeah. you want to start pointing fingers at people, you can point all the fingers you want. And if you want to point fingers at, at Jimmy and, and Sal go right ahead and say, well, you're not helping them rehab properly. Okay, fine. If you feel that's the case and you can feel that's the case, but they're not the ones who are then saying the player is healthy enough to come back and play. Yeah. A doctor is the one who is saying that the player is healthy enough to come back and play. So yeah. the finger really needs to be pointed at the doctor when you say a player comes back too fast, that's who's making that call. A team doctor is making yeah. that call, not the athletic trainers.
0: It's an important, important distinction, Ant. Thanks for it is. That I mean, it really so is to an to important folks distinction. Yeah, yeah. You know, hashtag education. You've uh, you've you've done your your fair share today. Well done. By the way, I don't know if you noticed this. I've been What's taking that? sips out of out of this today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, embracing my inner my inner coal region, my inner skook. And uh, I'm just gonna bring this around there. Oh, oh there for God's sake! See that? See that? Well, I've those been who drink- are listening on the podcast feed, and tell them what's uh, what's on the yeah,
1: mug. It's a it's a sheets mug. It's a sheets mug. What, what yeah. are you drinking out of? I'm drinking a strawberry refresher that from? my son from Starbucks. That oh, okay. Andrew. When I went to pick him up this morning. Andrew Andrew opens the Starbucks every morning, so he has to be in at four thirty every morning. Wow! Right? God That's bless brutal. the kid. Um, Hell of a barista. Yes, he is a hell of a barista. He's does he really good, does
0: he like barista at home, or is this like a uh, he he stays away from it? Like he hates. No, coffee we have
1: a we is. have a Keurig here. I mean, <laughs> it That's two, disgusting. It takes what two seconds to make with... a to make a coffee in this house. Um, but but I didn't even ask for this. He comes walking out. I go to pick him up. He's like he he hands me this, I'm, and it's got his name on it. So I'm thinking he's just handing it to me while he's getting in the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here, you want this? Bang? He's like, no, it's for you, Dad. I'm like, oh, isn't that nice? And he's like, hey, do you want, um, you want a cheese Danish? They made an extra one by accident. I'm like, well, thanks, Andrew. What a good kid. Like, what a good... You know, he never does that. Every once in a while, he pulls a, you know, pulls a little surprise. And I sit there and go, I have, I have a good kid. I have a
0: really good kid. And cover your ears for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, if you're watching, what happened here is somebody named Andrew left a mobile order on the Starbucks app. Didn't show up in the first 20 or 25 minutes, which means that it has to get discarded. But instead of throwing those away... Uh, Anthony's son went to Anthony, gave those to him. And um, well, yeah, it's good points for him. And also was that no charge. Very nice. All right. So that's good. Aunt. Lo- love, seeing, <laughs> love seeing that. What a good kid. You, you did a good job, fella. Um, hey, by the way, I, I, think I we have this up fi- by the way. Uh, oh, this is a nonpartisan podcast. So this is not just want to be clear. This is not an endorsement of uh, John Fetterman nor of uh, Mehmet Oz, by the way. And I think we can all agree that the biggest winner this election cycle, and the biggest winner in the tri-state area today, is not Fetterman, it's not Oz, it's not Shapiro or Mastriano. No, no, it's all the biggest us. winner is all of us, because we are no longer being subjected to those horrific commercials.
1: I can't, Thank I you. can't tell you how many times. Now, I, I think I've said this on the baseball podcast, but I don't know if I said it here. My older son Anthony, what um, his his client, uh, he, he does. Um, uh, compliance he's a compliance officer for um, campaign financing and um, his client was the Fetterman campaign oh geez. and and I, I can't tell you how many times like during a game I'd be watching the Phillies or watching whatever sport and anything, anything literally and anything. anything it's and it's, it's it's just non-stop and I would just call him up and be like how many more freaking commercials did you guys buy how many? Just tell me so I know how many How many times I can turn off the TV. And he would just laugh. He's like, "There's, believe me, there's more coming. Believe me, there's can, more You know what? I, I actually kind of wish that sp- uh,
0: streaming services would nix the political ads, that they would say, you know what? We're going to charge you an extra $5 a month so that you don't have to be subjected to political ads. Like I would gladly pay YouTube TV another $5 a month. I'd pay them $10 a month. Yeah. To not have to see Oz and Fetterman, etc. Well,
1: you know what's interesting. It's interesting what's to that? me, Russ, about this is that from what it's we were told initially, podcast. Yeah. with I know Flyers podcast. Well, we were told initially <laughs> is that the streaming service advertisements were going to be a lot like Facebook in the yeah. sense that they were going to be targeted,
0: mm-hmm. so that
1: what you saw on your on your streaming service would be different than what I saw on my streaming service, mm-hmm. and. Uh, obviously that's not the case because we all saw <laughs> on our streaming services the same damn ads no matter what.
0: Yep. It was bad. And the funny thing is I um, Kyle Pagan, who does all the Man on the Street videos for Crossing Broad, does a lot of the, the blog posts. He was talking uh, the other day about how uh, two years ago he was standing at the polls, I think in college, uh, listening to an old Crossing Broadcast. And it was an episode that uh, Kincaid and I did. And I, we started the episode like celebrating the fact that the ads were going to be over, um, and I said that my five and three and a half year old, I guess at that point, um, they were sick of the political ads, and at that point, like they didn't they never got to watch YouTube. So they didn't even, like, have that. It was just, like, anything that was on DVR, like all the old Nickelodeon shows. But they would know, like, what a Trump ad was, and they would know what a Biden ad was. And they always would say, like, I'm Joe Biden, and I pooped this message. They heard a, they heard a pooped instead of a So that, that still is a thing, by the way. But it made me think that, like, um, I don't remember as a kid having political ads just, like, burned into my brain. Like, I don't remember
1: yeah.
0: Bill Clinton ads in my head. I don't even yeah. remember, like, George W. Or, or Gore or Carrie. Like, I don't remember any of that. And it just feels like the last few years, it's just been – it's like every other commercial. The World Series was, like, insufferable, yeah, right? It, it was, was like every yeah. third or fourth ad. Sometimes you get, like, a Fetterman ad would end and an Oz would come. listen, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take us down this path, Flyers podcast, all that. But I think everybody who's listening right now, whether Agreed. you're Candidate 1, Lost, if you're an independent, if you hate everybody, uh, you love everybody, like, whatever – We should all celebrate the fact that at least for a few months, this is over. It's done. Thank God. Like, we're, we're, if you don't believe in God, thank tree. But, like, at least, (laughs) at least it's done. (laughs) 2023 is going to be so much fun. 2024 is going to be so much fun and going to be great. Before we wrap, because we've been going at this for about an hour, I asked you at the top of the show, you know, the biggest storyline. You said Carter Hart. We agree on that 100% has there been a player that either has broken out or you think is poised to break out over the next few games? Like,
1: there we go. Okay. I I think that, I think that the guy has really taken the next level up under Tortorella. You're starting to see him play at the, at a level that you knew that he had this ability and you could see it. Like when he first got here last year, Um, you know, the puck finds him. He's able to get a lot of shots off. But I always felt like he was a little. He was playing that way with his hair on fire, right? A little out of control. Um, He just seems like a much more controlled player now. And the puck still finds him, but he he takes. He's more selective with his shots, and he's more willing to go into certain areas of the ice where he's going to get better chances as opposed to just firing at will. Um, I think his game is evolving and growing. And I think that he's a guy that is going to continue to grow and continue to be a a key contributor for this team. Um, And I I think that if you're looking for players who, whose games have grown in 12 in 12 games under performance uh, under uh, Tortorella, I think Tippett is, is player, player a uh, on that list, There's maybe four or five guys, but he's, he's certainly the top of the list in in my mind.
0: We'll want to talk to Bundy about this next week, but I, I wonder how much of this is just finally having the opportunity and, and part of me also thinks that it's just because there are no expectations this year. That was, like, the one good thing. It's the one good thing yeah. when you go into a season like this where, like, the expectations are, are so low or non-existent, is that, like, again, it allows guys to play without that burden, without the, the burden of expectations. And it actually allows them to go out and explore who they are as a player. And he, he looks good, as we've always been high on Chuck Fletcher here on Snow the Goalie. What a <laughs> great acquisition uh, for Claude Giroux. You know, Owen Tippett's out here performing this team 7-3-2. Giroux's team is like, what, lost six straight? I mean, leadership, folks. Leadership. Owen Tippett's got—I'm done. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jesus God. I know what's going to happen right now. We just got, like, 300 Claude Giroux stands who just tuned out. They just F-bombed me. They're, like, going to tweet nasty things. Well, all, um, all they have to
1: do is, is send us a five-star review, and you'll read it on the air.
0: That's exactly right, Ant. I'm, I'm glad that you transitioned to that because since we went on a two-week hiatus— without announcing it which is never a good never a good look at it. you know you know where I, I stand on that um, I don't believe we've had a five star review in the last oh week. we have
1: have oh, we? we've got five star reviews that have not been read five star reviews at the wazoo? I think there's like three I Cuckoo Kachoo?
0: Ca- uh, there can't certain. be that many
1: I think it's three I don't believe that uh, let me go back there's a who one, was the last person that two. we read a
0: five star review from?
1: I think it was Do Senate was the last one we read So we did reduce Senate. Okay. Yes. So I got. Sure. Yes.
0: Okay. So then let's pick up. We have uh, Dorinez the artist. Yes. Dorinez or Dorinez. Solid Flyers podcast five stars in the past year or so the tone of the podcast has definitely turned more negative But like the insight on the team and the interviews are always great Bundy's insight is also great, but he does not hide his disdain for Comcast or the organization Is the chasm between you and BSH too wide to get Charlie O'Connor on as a guest? He made a point that putting York and other high-end players in the AHL coached by a former fourth liner who championed Hodgson may hamper development by uh, making him play safe when torts wants him to be more aggressive May also be the case with other flyers or other players the Flyers may count on in the future. Also, whatever happened to uh, Samu
1: Tamala? Um, let me address York first. Go ahead. Uh, here, I, I, I don't have a problem with York being down in mm-hmm. the AHL if they don't think he's NHL ready, um, and and that decision is being made predominantly by the coach. Tortorella, like if Tortorella felt like he could be a contributor and be ready to go right now, um, I, he, he would be here. And, yeah. and so the fact that he's not tells you that it's more of a torts decision, more of a he doesn't quite fit at this level yet, than it is, you know, oh, well, we're going to just send him down and let him be coached by Ian LaPerriere and it's a different style, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um so there's that. As yeah. for Samu Tuamala, um he is back playing uh in Finland. Uh he's back with the team he was with at the end of last year. Um and uh or I uh, know maybe he got moved. Uh I don't know. he, he played s- seven games for Jukurit, well, it was the team he was with at the end of last year. But then it says he he's played two games he's for Pelotat Hainola, which oh, yeah, I yeah. never, I've never heard of that team. Uh, all honesty, sounds like I mean. a Peloton. Yeah, Pelotat Hainola. He's
0: actually not playing hockey right now. He's uh, he's riding on a stationary bike. Yeah, he's running classes. <laughs> he's had a lot of success with it, and we wish him all the best. Yeah, so and we've already spent more time talking about him than we should. He'll yeah, probably never it. play for this. He will likely never play for this team, he might never play in the league. He's, he was a second round bust. We can just leave it
1: there. I'm not saying um, he's a bust just yet. I mean no, I'm gonna la- call him it bust. was last year. I mean he's, he's still he's still part of the he's still part of he's a, bust. Here. he's a bust we'll see.
0: He's a bust. He's nineteen, right?
1: 19. Yeah, I mean
0: listen, if you're nineteen years old, uh and, and you get drafted by a team in the first two rounds, you gotta be over here and like be a you know seventy point producer in the first <laughs> year. So. otherwise you're a failure. So sorry. Yeah. Sorry, some of you're uh failure i i, I didn't I, listen i don't make the rules um all right next one flyers 2772 always a great listen five stars always enjoy listening to the show you guys are always honest about the team whether it be good or unfortunately more commonly over the past few years bad look forward to seeing how this year shakes out there we go oh, thanks those are thanks, five players. star. there is yeah. somebody who left a one star review yeah that was the one I, I didn't realize it was a one-star review unfortunately that person just needs a pound of sand they apparently just don't get the point if you want to be critical if you want to crap on the podcast you have to leave a five-star review i'll read it i will happily read uh your negative review but it has to be five stars otherwise mm, dead to us i'm sorry sorry about you comprehension <laughs> difficult for some um and i think this has been fun this feels yeah! like a like a, a trip in the wayback machine maybe i'll come down to a flyers game at some point in the next few months or not i don't know we'll see Uh, I'm sure somebody will tweet at you uh, whatever the last date was. I went to a Flyers game. I blocked that guy. I hate doing it because I'm pretty sure that he got tickets. I'm pretty sure that we did a ticket giveaway last season. He won tickets, but priorities are in the wrong place. Anyway. Make sure you go uh, follow us over on Twitter at SnowTheGoalie, at AntSanPhilly, at JoyOnBroad. Go follow Bundy at 6 Remember, go pick up Road to Redemption at your favorite bookstore. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it online. Get it delivered to your house. You don't even have to get off the couch. Just order it. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash SnowTheGoalie. You can check out the uh, full episode on video uh, over at youtube.com slash CrossingBroad. You can go to snowthegoalie.com. All that stuff is there as well. Um, trying to think oh yeah that's right you can subscribe to the podcast apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, amazon music pretty much wherever you get your podcast you can find the show by the way by the way and i'm gonna give you homework i'm gonna give myself uh, homework homework Here i didn't go. give homework as a teacher but i'm gonna give a homework today all right homework for everybody out there who's listening tell two other flyers fans in your life about snow the goalie if they say i love that show excellent make sure they tell two people if they say i hate that show say, eh, give it another shot bring them back if you yourself are a first-time listener to the show and you've made it all the way into this part of the episode good on you thanks for joining us watch the show listen to the show share the show let at least two people in your life know about snow the goalie the only flyers podcast and we will be back next week and every week from now until the end of the flyers season that is my sort of promise i might have crossed my fingers there I'm not backing out of it. I'm just I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Ant and Bundy are game to do this every week. But listen, we're happy to be back. We're excited. The team is doing better than expected. We're seeing a bunch of young guys taking the next step. We're seeing a bunch of vets uh, bouncing back. Maybe the season isn't a lost cause after all, Ant. We shall see. A few games here, and as you mentioned at the start of the show, could be catching some of these teams at the right time. We'll see. We'll be back next week. We'll dive into this a little bit more, talk about Bundy's book. A lot of fun stuff here on Snow the Goalie. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week here on Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast.